Do aliens sleep at night like humans? Is drinking hand sanitizer a safe and effective way for me to get drunk off my ass? Answers to these questions and more on this episode of This Paranormal Life! Yo! Hello! And welcome back to This Paranormal Life. What the f*** is up? <laughs> Yo! Yeah, that's right, we're bringing some energy today. I don't appreciate the interruption, but I do like the energy. We are wearing sunglasses while we record this episode today because, Kit, you and I have been living the rock star life for the last couple of weeks. Oh, shit. We've been on the road, brother. Like, uh, I can't think of one rock band. Motley Crue. Sure, yeah. Uh, Yeah, we've been uh, all across America traveling the flat earth, uh, and now we're finally back here in the TPL headquarters in London. Right. The fans have been saying, if you really wanted to see if the earth was flat, you should have gone to Antarctica, sure. the Arctic Circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, we said, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we're going to Los Angeles because it's actually pretty sunny and nice there. So, it, yeah, we're at the tail end of uh, LA, San Francisco, Chicago, New York, Boston, Somerville. Uh, you guys were absolutely fantastic. We're now just, oh, Jesus, Roy, we're eight down, one to go at the time Ooh, of recording. That's right, yeah. We're recording this just before our big finale in London at the Hackney Empire. So I'm going to apologize now, yeah. ahead of the show, for presumably what is about to transpire tomorrow night. Yes, uh, for London, I guess we could say now, we have a kind of Joker-level Gotham City <laughs> rant where we announce that we, have, that we, that we are going to be uh, releasing a, a bioweapon on the city of London. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. We have, uh, yeah, it, it's not so much the, the end of the tour as it is the beginning of the revolution. The beginning of the, the golden dawn, as <laughs> right. we will be referring to it on stage. Um, so if you were at the show, well done. You, <laughs> well, you are now part of the inner circle. Right, yeah. Uh, you know, you know we're, we're kind of joking, but it's true. This has been a crazy ride. Uh, we literally only got back to the UK a, a few days ago. And I think I told this story on the after party or the bonus episodes, but I almost didn't get back into the country, Kit. Hard to believe. Right? Because, but we do forget that sometimes. You don't hold a UK passport. That's not why I almost didn't get back into the country. Oh, I, I wish that I was why was I didn't get back in. Immigration problems like I had getting into America. Oh, no, this was a lot more suspicious. Uh, You know, we've been doing these shows all across the States, and uh, part of those shows is meeting the people who listen to the podcast afterwards, uh, taking pictures, signing things, and occasionally receiving gifts. Mm. So when I arrived back here in Belfast, you know, you pick up your luggage and you go through security, and they always have those last couple of security guards just picking off random people. uh, Customs. Customs, yeah, to make sure there's nothing fishy going on. I must have looked incredibly suspicious because I don't think I'd slept in 24 hours. My hair was disheveled. My skin was pale. I was probably shaking like a little freak. I mean, you really must have looked incredibly suspicious because I've never seen someone get pulled by the customs. The customs officers are basically on their phone, scratching their ass, uh, waiting for someone to walk by with clearly a suitcase full of rare puppies that's kind of what they're there for so the fact that you were walking through just with a regular suitcase and you got stopped it was it was bad i mean i was so jet lagged and confused that i basically went up to the guy and he said excuse me sir can i ask where you're coming from today and no joke i stared at him in the eyes for five uninterrupted seconds before saying i don't remember (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's when that's when the alarm goes off. Yeah, he Sir, was like, I'm going to need you to step to the corner here. Yeah. And he took me aside. He starts, you know, opening up my suitcase and going through the recited lines. You know, is there anything that you have brought today that was uh, packed by someone else? Right. No. Has anyone put anything in your bag that you're not familiar with? No. Of course not. And then his next question is, what is this? And he takes out a package, a huge package that's been in my suitcase for at least a week now. And once again, I say, I don't know. <laughs> Which, you only get two strikes. At this point, at this his hand game. is on his pistol. His <laughs> hand is on his weapon. He hasn't pulled it yet. Right, right, yeah. It all hinges on the next question. Uh, this was a package that um, uh, a fan of the show had given to me at the, the meet and greet, given to us. And it was just this huge envelope with a with a 
a metal box inside. <laughs> yeah, which is very out of characteristic, I will say, because we get lots of little gifts um, from listeners who come to the show. It's incredibly kind, you know, but we're talking like key rings they've made yeah. or things like that. But this is a bit of an outlier. I actually didn't see you receive this. I didn't know about it. It's huge. It looks like a metal briefcase. <laughs> and it, it only dawns on me in this very moment that I never opened it and looked what was inside. So I have no... Cl- it could be something I'm not supposed to bring back in the country. I had no idea. And now that I have seen it, I will say... Yeah. In the post-9-11 age, <laughs> it looks the closest to thing to a bomb... That it that it could be aside from being a a, a ball with a fuse coming out of it. <laughs> right, this is yeah. this looks like an explosive device. It was incredibly suspicious. And he says, "Do you mind if I open the box?" At this point, even I'm taking a few steps backwards. I'm like, "Brother, if you're ready to die, go for it." <laughs> right? You. This is where in Hurt Locker you would start walking away and start saying, "Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee." And he'd be like, "Sir, get down." <laughs> Blessed be our father. <laughs> Get down! <laughs> um, I'm hoping at least if he opens it, it is going to be just a nice note, maybe some custom artwork and mm. some keychains. Imagine the horror on my face when he opens up the briefcase and inside is what looks like pages and pages <laughs> of classified FBI documents many of which contain pictures of naked alien bodies. State secrets. <laughs> yeah. State secrets. You're a spy. <laughs> Just like already sweating. I'm like, they're going to kill me. They are going to kill me. And then they'll figure out a reason to do it later. I, I, I was in a complete panic. I had to kind of explain everything very, very quickly. Luckily, I seemed to uh, be able to convince him that it was forgery and not actually um, the, the deepest secrets of mankind. Because nothing you can say in one sentence can explain it away. Right. Uh, I'm a paranormal investigator. You don't understand. The country is a threat. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm a gamer. None of it adds up. You gotta let me go. I need to be in Belfast by seven tonight. (laughs) It's like, don't let him go. Definitely don't. Uh, I guess I'm glad that that happened to you. Sure. Coming back from America rather than to me going into America. Yeah, that was hard enough by itself. The US tour might not have happened were that the case. We did get you in to the UK, thankfully, and we've had three f-ing amazing shows here in the UK. We're on the eve of doing the biggest show of our lives in London, in Hackney Empire. Tickets are not available because it just happened, but we'll right. be letting you know how that went uh, from next week, hopefully. Uh, I will just say one more thing, which was, it's been such a nuts week. It's worth mentioning that uh, just yesterday, we came down from the show in Glasgow, the penultimate show of the UK mm-hmm. tour, and we had to go straight, we had to run straight from uh, the train station when we got into London to a seance. Yeah, we're going to be talking about that one a little bit in a future episode, but that was a very interesting way to return home, straight into a seance. Just to give you a sense uh, of where our sad, pathetic lives are at, we are not here to talk about any of that today. We are, of course, here to talk about a brand new paranormal case. Rory, I have a massive one for you. Whoa! Brazil's Roswell. And I know X's Roswell gets thrown around sometimes. It does. But I promise you that this one lives up to that name many times over. I don't know. Are you excited for another UFO case? I'm very excited. You know UFO cases are my favorites. And I also need something to take my mind off the fact that while I was gone, every single plant in my house died. (laughs) Which kind of bummed me out, I'll be honest, more than I thought it would. You weren't gone that long. I think this was to do with how you treated the plants while they were alive rather not true. than okay. not true they were they were very healthy beforehand and I know that they were doing great because they all got a can of monster a day oh my god so okay. that means they should be stronger than any plant and yet when I returned pickle my cactus dead plantony dead we need some kind of uh, PPS plant protection services to investigate Rory and his treatment of the of per pickle and plantony yeah We don't have time for any of that, Rory. It's time to dive in right after a couple of words from today's sponsors. Quick reminder that you can get every episode of This Paranormal Life, all six years of bonus content available ad-free over on patreon.com forward slash This Paranormal Life. Welcome back. It's January 13th, 1996 in Virginia, Brazil. Virginia? (laughs) 
<laughs> West Virginia. West Virginia. Virginia. No, Virginia. Hopefully I'm pronouncing it somewhere close to right, but apologies, I don't speak a word of Portuguese. Okay. The day was already long over, and most residents were soundly asleep in their beds. Little did they know, something unbelievable was happening in the skies above them. What time is this of day? Do we know? Night? After it... sundown. Okay. Someone was paying attention, though. A little mom-and-pop organization called the goddamn US military. It doesn't matter where you are in the world, if something's happening, Uncle Sam knows about it. Even in Virginia? <laughs> Virginia? No, I need you to stay focused here. There's a lot of information that's going to be coming in over the next 45 minutes. For, I, I need to f***ing check it. God damn it. <laughs> Play it out loud. I want to hear it. Virginia. Virginia. Virginia? <laughs> it's like, I, I need you to, it's like, I need you to not get it confused with Virginia whatsoever. It is pronounced the exact same way, though, apparently. Uh, no. Virginia. <laughs> okay. Sir, we've got a situation. Walk with me. We're tracking an aircraft right now and it's not responding to our communications. Are we to assume it's hostile? Unknown craft, do you copy? Please confirm your intentions. It's moving fast. It might be hard to triangulate if it keeps going north. What do we do? Shoot it down. You heard me. They've had every chance to respond. Take it out now before anyone else sees it. We'll send a team to clear the site. That's an order. Yes, sir. God help us all. But somebody else did see it. Carlos de Souza, a college professor and amateur ultralight pilot, noticed something weird above him on his drive home from work. There was an aircraft in the sky, roughly the size of a school bus, but shaped like a submarine. Whoa, that's weird. But what really grabbed his attention was the way it was moving. It was jerking around like an unbalanced washing machine. It was losing altitude. And as it dropped lower, Carlos could see the craft had a large gash down one side and smoke was billowing out of it. Whoa! So this is, this is not a trick of the light. This, he is watching a, a, a school bus sized star destroyer crash landing. Yeah. He couldn't help but slow down to watch. It was an unbelievable sight. He turned the car around and started following this falling spaceship, weaving through dusty dirt tracks, making it to the spot he saw it dip out of sight. Carlos was hit by such a strong smell of sulfur, he had to cover his mouth and nose with his t-shirt. His eyes were watering, but he could see there was debris scattered everywhere. Right, we, we gotta slow down. We gotta slow down a little we bit. Can't, we're moving brother. very we fast can't. today. This thing's moving fast. <laughs> the government's missiles are moving fast, brother. Usually at this point in the story, we're like, we're still introducing the town and the locals and the environment. Yeah, we're you... already at a point where the US government has shot a missile at a washing machine. Uh, I wish I could shoot a missile at my f***ing washing machine after what it does to my clothes. Uh, <laughs> you need to wrap your head around the pronunciation Virginia because we are about to go to 12 to 13 different exoplanets very shortly. <laughs> We exit the multiverse after the second ad break. Carlos knelt down and picked up what looked like a rectangular piece of aluminium. It was much lighter than expected, almost like a sheet of foil. Why is he touching it? Didn't he just say the smell was so bad it almost burnt his nostrils off of his face? Because he's an investigator. He cares. He no, gives he isn't. Shit. He's, he's a pilot. <laughs> you don't choose the investigator life, brother. It chooses you. He can... And quit his job as a professor and as an amateur ultralight pilot and he can pick up the EMF reader for the rest of his days because his life will never look the same. He might as well delete his goddamn wife and children's phone numbers because he's never seeing them again. I love that you're like, you know, he had to be careful. He had to be cautious because he didn't know what he was dealing with. But the space metal definitely tasted saltier than he thought it would. <laughs> it's like he ate it. He, did, he had a nibble for sure. He was feeling a little nippy in the December air, so he put some of the foil down his pants to keep him to keep the nether regions warm. And that was the first case of intergalactic chlamydia ever reported on Earth. He crumpled the material into a ball between his hands and then pulled it apart. The metal unfolded and morphed back to its smooth original shape. Go home. Go home, sir. 
What in the world? He stood up and scanned the breadth of the crash site. There were shiny silver pieces sprinkled as far as he could see. But out of nowhere, a convoy of intimidating vehicles was barreling towards him. Get away from here! Go away right this second! I am ordering you! Don't make me do something you'll regret! He cocked his rifle and pointed it at Carlos's face. Okay, okay, I'll go. He took one last glance at the scene and got back in his car. Driving away, he could see the military men standing still, watching him. They clearly wanted to make sure he was really gone before they sprang into action. Rory, this is quite the start to a case, isn't it? I mean, it's a it's a very intense start. Usually, as I said, there's a bit more preamble before we get straight to the crash site of seemingly a UFO. But, uh, you know, things are pretty textbook so far. Mysterious crash, government showing up, intimidating witnesses. It's ticking all the boxes. It sure is. You know, I can't help but think that Carlos uh, potentially got lucky uh, because, you know, Rory, we're familiar, unfortunately, with just about every different class and tier uh, of the government, military, industrial machine. We know that had it been real MIBs with little fedoras and black suits turn up, Carlos wouldn't have seen them coming before he got a bullet in his head. Thankfully, he got the low-ranking regular army officers who let him walk away with what he had seen. Yeah, if it's a regular MIB, they're only asking one question, and it's, what do you want on your tombstone, pal? (laughs) Yeah, what do you want us to tell your wife and kid happened to you? (laughs) Right, yeah. Because otherwise we'll say you died after eating a dodgy burrito. (laughs) So he lucked out. He really did. (laughs) Uh, I do want to make a quick reference to the fact that he mentioned this was the size of a school bus, maybe not a million miles away from the shape of a school bus too, but a bit more like a submarine. Um, It's worth bringing up because I'd never heard this kind of reference before until the other night. I don't know if you remember, but at our live show in Manchester, I was telling the story of Saddleworth Moor, a place where uh, ghosts have been seen, demons have been seen, but crucially UFOs have been seen. As recently as 2020, a bird watcher said he saw a UFO like a school bus yeah. flying through the moors. I mean, you have changed the size of the object several times already. I haven't. You I said haven't. school bus. You I will said, fight you to death on this. You, you said submarine. Then you said star destroyer. And then originally washing machine. I did not say that. It moved like a washing machine, yet was the size of a school bus that looked like a submarine. <laughs> And uh, had some of the characteristics of a Star Destroyer, but I did in fact qualify by saying it was a school bus sized Star Destroyer. Okay, okay. I need you to keep up, brother, because... We're moving way too fast. If if these events happening in the town of Vagina is going to be a problem for you, (laughs) you need to wake up and smell the coffee. Vagina town is where I say I'm headed with the boys on a Saturday night. Oh my God, it's... (laughs) Virginia, okay? You said vagina. (laughs) Did I? Shit. (laughs) There weren't any developments with this story for another week, but seven days after the crash, something happened. At roughly 3.30pm, three girls were out walking around town aimlessly, as teenagers like to do. But they weren't kid kids. Liliana and Valkyria Silva were sisters aged 14 and 16, and their friend Katia Xavier was 21. They were walking past an empty lot between two houses in the neighbourhood. There was always cool graffiti on the wall at the edge of this property line. 16-year-old Liliana was a little ahead of the group and she turned to wait for the others and have a look at the art. But this afternoon, the lot wasn't vacant. There was a creature crouching at the end of the wall only eight feet away from her and it was unlike anything she'd seen before. Whoa! It wasn't an animal, but it definitely wasn't human either. Its skin was oily and hairless. It looked shrunken and skeletal, and worst of all, its face looked sad. (laughs) Its eyes were vivid red and three times the size of human eyes. It was obviously exhausted and seemed to be suffering from the heat. Before we go any further, Rory, I have to, just for emotional impact, show you an artist's interpretation of what was seen that day. Please. Feast your eyes. Oh my goodness. It's exactly what you think it is. I mean, it's basically an alien gray covered in Vaseline with giant <laughs> red bug eyes kind of haunched over in a sad little pose. Uh, 
it's it's a textbook alien that we've seen and heard about in other stories before. Big but, uh, eyes, yeah. big head, little body. I will draw your attention, though, also to he has three little bumps on his head, at least three, I think. I don't know if that's where he got clocked around the head by a kind of reprobate on the streets, uh, or if that is kind of a natural thing. They look almost like mini devil horns. They do, yeah, a little suspicious. The girls screamed at the sight of it, and it screeched in terror too. The girls ran as fast as they could in the direction of home. But once the adrenaline had worn off, their legs started to feel like lead. When they were almost home, their mum, Mrs. Luisa Silva, hurried outside, sensing something was wrong. She ran to meet them, alarmed at how terrified they clearly all were. Mama, I think we saw a demon! You see, they were all from Catholic families that had been raised to fear evil, but Mrs. Silva's faith was unshakable and she knew that demons had no power over believers. So, she took the girls and walked them back to the spot that they saw the creature. I don't know if this is a good idea. <laughs> well, it's not, because we know it's a f***ing Gishmorgan from Zonktar. Yeah, it seems like a bad idea that she's like, luckily, she was an adult and her faith was strong enough It's like to know that they're not real. It's like, no, 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 to know that holy water will kill it. <laughs> it's like, this seems, yeah, we're heading in the wrong direction a little bit. Right. Also, it's yes, a, he did have big red eyes and he did have some bumps on his head. He also kind of looked like just a dude. He does kind of look like just a guy, well, a, a greasy, sad man in a parking lot. He doesn't. If you've seen, if you've seen the picture, which you hopefully will, if you're watching this on YouTube.com, but I mean, he has two arms and two legs. Yeah, right. He's humanoid. I would say. Yeah, yeah. It is. It, it's slightly giving. Man tries to convert lion to Christianity. Yeah, don't do it. It's not going to end well. Well, it could have gone badly, but they got there and there was no sign of any living being in the lot. Thank God. The only thing that Luisa did see was a set of very unusual footprints in the yard. They were embedded deep in the dirt and the outline was very clear. Whatever left these tracks had round feet with three long toes. There was one other clue though, the smell. The air was thick with the smell of sulfur and she could still smell it three weeks later after leaving the site. Why'd she keep going back? <laughs> no, she didn't go back. She, oh, right. <laughs> as in it was stuck in her nose. Uh, Research Remy has written here that she allegedly tried to clean the inside of her nose with alcohol, uh, but even that didn't work. Okay, God. Harrowed by what she'd witnessed, even not seeing the little creature, the family decided to speak out. They tried to tell the press their story, but it was met with nothing but ridicule. But no matter how harshly they were criticised, they never changed a word of their accounts in the three decades that have since passed. I mean, what do you do? What can you do if you think you saw this thing? There's literally no proof aside from a smell that only you have. Uh, I don't blame people for not believing them. Uh, this is a pretty tough claim to make. Well, normally on a UFO case, you might think that our story could end here. The last sighting of a creature, understandably on its last legs, after all, once the military showed up, what evidence would remain? We've seen that one too many times, Rory, right? The military show up, they cordon off the area, cover everything with a tarp. They've always got tarps ready to go. Oh yeah, the tarp Big, department. small, school bus sized, they can cover up anything, literally. Now I may have missed it because we were moving quite quickly, but mm. what is the relation to uh, the creature in the this this alleyway? to the crash site from the original story. is It's in the same town, is that it? And around the same time? Only seven days later. Seven days later. Okay, okay. So I guess the implication is here that the, the ship crashed and this little f***er is just running around town now naked. The implication is that this guy has been hiding out under bridges, eating discarded cars' water biscuits for <laughs> sustenance and sipping on the ends of tall cans of tenants. Right. He is on his last legs, barely trying to survive on this alien planet to him. Yeah, intelligent life from another world, I don't know if that quite describes it. Life, I think we'll just say, 
in this case. Why? What's he supposed to do? He's like Jason Bourne on a planet where if he so much as shows his face, people will beat him to death with shoes. Right. Oh, well, I know. But I mean, if he's smart enough to have a spacecraft that can travel the universe, I'd like to think he's also smart enough to know uh, not to hide under our bridge and eat rats. Well, you've got an iPhone that's capable of showing you any information created by God or science mm. in the last thousands of years. You didn't have anything to do with it. <laughs> he just uses the spaceship. That's true, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is the joke, isn't it? It's like, you know, if a civilization was wiped out tomorrow, I can't start a fire. You should be able to start a fire. That Honestly, be- gun to my head, I don't really remember what a wheel looks like. So we might have to reinvent <laughs> the wheel over the, over the next thousand years. Yeah, people say we'd have to start from square one. I don't remember what shape that is. <laughs> is it pointy? Like I said, there's a chance that this would be the end of the road. A couple of people witnessing a crash, military showing up, and maybe a couple of young people seeing evidence. Maybe of an alien. Well, although it gets patchy, there is more information and there are more witnesses. Okay, this is what we want. I will say, where we're going in the story, it is about to become a wild one. What I'm about to read is- It's not already a wild one? Is from, brother, you've seen nothing yet. You've seen absolutely nothing yet. This is from multiple witnesses, but officially is unverified for reasons that will become clear very soon. In the aftermath of all this activity, a military blockade was set up in a residential neighbourhood close to the crash site. They recruited local law enforcement to help them search the area, starting at a vacant lot that smelled strongly of rotting eggs. Oh my god. This is really throwing local law enforcement in the deep end. (laughs) Presumably before this they were managing, like, missing pets, uh, old ladies who needed help crossing the road. And then all of a sudden, there's a guy in a full black suit being like, the aliens can manipulate dreams. Don't close your eyes within the proximity of their force fields. You're like, what? This, that's the, you know, I know that seems like information that's above their pay grade. But I think the idea is whenever the officers you're putting into the field are disposable, you can tell them anything you want. You can tell them whatever classified shit you want because... Uh, they are not coming back alive. I, I really they, love the idea of the all the local law enforcement guys, you know, being uh, briefed before the mission with all the actual FBI soldiers. Right. And uh, the local guys are like, so I, uh, I guess if I see one, I should uh, handcuff it. And everyone else bursts out yeah, laughing yeah. and they're like, handcuff it? This guy thinks they've got hands. Ah. He's like, oh, well, I don't know. I mean, what, what do I do? Shoot it. Shoot it. Bullets make it stronger, idiot. <laughs> the guy's like, I don't know. I've never done this before. I just found out it's real. <laughs> Cut me some slack, guys. <laughs> this guy thinks they've got hands. In all seriousness, though, uh, yeah, you do handcuff their legs. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so it wasn't that ridiculous of a thing to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their hands or their feet, yeah, exactly. And if they resist, do I tase them? Tase them? The electric beasts of Gargon 5? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure they like that, buddy. Why don't you just undo their belt and give them a blowjob? <laughs> <laughs> That's what getting tased feels like to those guys. <laughs> me, right? I'm not coming. I'm not coming along. This is insane. Like I said, they went to the area that smelled of sulfur, like all the witnesses have said, that the thing smells of sulfur, and cordoned it off and started to search. No one was allowed in or out, and the soldiers combed the area for alien beings. Mm. By the end of that search, Rory, they'd got two. What? (laughs) The fire department picked one up in the morning, and the military found the second by afternoon very near where the girls had reported their sighting. Great. I'm going to need to I'm going to need to know how we found this out, how this information was revealed to the public. That's very important because I bet it wasn't from the people who found them. Whistleblowers? Okay. Hopefully connected to the people that find them. Yes. <laughs> there it is. Get him. An officer, Marco Cheres, looked at the skinny, fragile being and figured he could take it down if he went quickly enough. 
He launched himself at the being and tackled it barehanded. It was too weak to put up much of a fight, but it was flailing around wildly. A mixed team of American soldiers and Brazilian police rushed to help restrain the creature on the ground when it lashed out and scratched Marco. Oh, that stings! He fell back, but the others had the alien under control. I'm imagining this four foot gray spitting in their faces like pigs right pigs i'm gonna find out where you live i got friends on the outside outside your solar system (laughs) the accounts that researcher amy found around this case said that the aliens died at the scene but didn't make it clear how (laughs) jesus that's dark (laughs) they They died at the scene and strangely the body cams were turned off (laughs) all right we know what happened yeah Sometimes stuff happens in police custody. I think the idea is they, I don't know if they self-destructed, they chewed oh, down on a cyanide right. tooth. Yeah, that's convenient, isn't or it? Or whether the stress of capture was so intense that their bodies shut down like hamsters. Right, right, right. Any of those options. The most realistic answer, though, is what you're alluding to, that they were purposefully neutralized. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what I think about this, maybe you could tell me what you think. I'm, I'm a bit torn because on the one hand, it's very believable that, you know, it's kind of, that's kind of around the world, pretty standard protocol that law enforcement will endeavor to take someone in peacefully, quietly, mm-hmm. if they can. But the moment that then their lives are threatened, suddenly they can use lethal force. And I suppose that's what the story is here, is that the alien hurt somebody in some way. And then, so it might have been quote-unquote, neutralize. I guess what I'm saying is this is the greatest scientific discovery of the century or the millennium. There's no way they'd be allowed to kill them. <laughs> this, is, this is ridiculous. This is, this is an insane whoa, story. Whoa, 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 sorry. Sorry. So the alien scratched a policeman in the face and he shot it in the back <laughs> of the head. It's like, oh, well, he was resisting arrest. He doesn't know what you are. He doesn't know what you are. That's like us landing on the moon and a puddle of goo comes up and beams the color brown into your head. <laughs> and, and then and then we we try and run back to our ship and it shoots us in the back of the head and says it was resisting arrest. <laughs> we don't know what that means. <laughs> right, but the problem is if you physically assaulted them in any way no matter what the circumstances, even if you don't know what's happening, if you, I mean, yes, you don't know what is assault to them. Like, yeah. Like maybe, yeah, you just thinking, I'm scared. They're, they're like, that's getting punched in the face to them. Right. And they're like, put him down. I don't know. But um, it, it opens up all kinds of questions. We like to think that there's kind of government uh, agencies for this, that are, they specialize in this kind of stuff, the kind of MIBs. But um, I don't know, maybe it is believable that at the end of the day, this is just some kind of, this is the job of the military. I don't, I don't know. I think it's a pretty big red flag for me. Usually any cases we have that involve this kind of stuff, the only time local law enforcement is involved is before the big guys show up and tell them to piss off. Uh, so to, to have a story where, you know, these branches of the government come in and recruit Derek, a, a 43-year-old local sheriff, uh, to hunt down a creature from another world... That's pretty far-fetched. Is it, though? I mean, we look at Roswell, a case Before you continue, yes. Yes, it is. (laughs) Okay, I'll not ask that question. Let me just say something instead, which is, look at Roswell, a case that this has been compared to many times over. Allegedly, part of the reason we know about what happened at Roswell was because there were nurses wrapping bandages around alien legs that had been blown apart in the crash, and these nurses were like, I have to tell somebody what happened. Right. They were just normal people. Yeah, I think that was the part of the story that's proven to be false, though. (laughs) Because those nurses uh, were allegedly never seen again. They disappeared off the face of the earth. Which is, huh, pretty convenient (laughs) now you mention it. And maybe we'll keep a little eye on what happens to the local law enforcement in this story. As I said earlier... (laughs) The people I'm choosing to call the expendables, <laughs> right? Yeah, you're like maybe you shouldn't uh, you shouldn't be so so mean to the guys who in about 45 minutes were wearing concrete boots. <laughs> if you catch my drift, 
Okay, we got more to talk about in this case, and I'm starting to get a certain amount of animosity from Rory surrounding the case. So uh, I'm going to take this opportunity before we go any further to cut to a little ad break. We were back with lots more about Brazil's Roswell in Virginia. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. We're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here. Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. The story goes that the bodies were then claimed by the U.S. Air Force, who promptly transported them to an unknown location, which is where the trail runs cold, for the aliens at least. The aftermath of the crash and its effects on the community would continue to unfold in Brazil in the form of a vast cover-up. Like I say, the first thing that needed erasing from history was Officer Marco Cheres. He was the one who'd been scratched by the alien. He fell ill quickly after the incident. Things got so bad he had to be admitted to hospital, but he was too scared to explain how he'd got injured. Hmm. Young man, I know you keep saying it's just a really, really, really deep paper cut, but I know that's not true. We all know. Why don't you just tell me what really happened, son? <coughs> it was my own fault for trying to read the newspaper in a windstorm. But later in the night, he took a turn for the worse. We're losing him. Marco, can you hear me? He was drifting in and out of consciousness, but managed to whisper his last words into the doctor's ear while he was still awake. But it was too late. He was gone. The doctor pronounced his death and prepared to notify his family. In my head, he was like, as I said, Doc, it was just a paper cut. Oh, he passes away. An alien bursts out of, <laughs> out of his stomach. <laughs> oh, Jesus! <laughs> so the doctor called his family. I'm so sorry, Mrs. Cherez. It happened too quickly for us to intervene. Curious, though, in his last moments, he told me he'd been attacked by a creature from another world. Did he tell you the same thing? He did? Okay. <laughs> Thank you, and sorry for your loss. Bad doctor. Bad doctor if he didn't call the spouse and ask how that happened, right? I don't know why he was keeping a secret either. If I'm on my deathbed, I'm spilling all the tea. I'm, I'm, t I'm ratting on all my friends. I'm giving away every secret that's ever been told to me. I don't have anything to lose. I'm done for. Bad attitude. <laughs> You're like, even if it gets other people killed, I don't care. <laughs> what, what do you think about even what happened? We've seen 
something a bit like this in other cases. You know, let's say someone witnesses a UFO, witnesses a crash, picks up a piece of material from the craft, and then they're harmed by the radioactivity of yeah. the craft or something like that. This could be interesting. We have the guy who actually allegedly came in contact with the alien dying. Yeah, I mean, it sounded like you said a whole team of people were involved in the takedown. Mm. I know this was the only person who got scratched, but um, it seems like more people should be effective if all this stuff is radioactive and well, uh, truly as dangerous as I'm not as saying it it's radioactive. I'm saying that, you know, maybe it poisoned him or something when it attacked him. Right. Broke into the, the body, broke the skin, infected the blood. Yes. Uh, it'd be one of the first times we've ever seen it happen in a case before. That's for sure. I mean, it's. I feel that there is something pretty believable about that. Uh, I'm actually surprised it hasn't come up in cases before because if you look at here on Earth, that is exactly what happened. Every time one community of people invaded another community of people, look at the Americas, North and South, look at parts of Asia, Africa, you know, when colonizers come in, settlers come in, they bring diseases with them. Right, uh, that, right. Th- that the local people don't have immunity to and then they die en masse. Yeah. Um, so it makes sense that if an alien scratched you up, you get in space gonorrhea. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I also think human beings are just kind of more weak than you think. I feel like even if you're just scratched by a badger, there's a chance you'll die. <laughs> well, yeah. There is a chance. There, there, there is, and we shouldn't discount that possibility. Now, interestingly, Rory, you're going to be wanting to know how we've got this information. You asked that earlier. In part, we know about what went on in this case because of a documentary called Moment of Contact that came out in 2022. Very recently, witnesses were brave enough to come forward 25 years later, and all of their accounts are pretty much unchanged since 1996. And the movie goes to show that there's uh, much more supposed evidence out there. For example, one UFO investigator involved in the case, Vittorio Pacaccini, claims he was shown a 35-second video fragment of the creature by a senior military officer in 2012. He says the alien, it made a little sound like a bee. It was skinny, weak, and fragile. It had brown skin with oil or grease on its body, a big head, red eyes, no pupils, It was like a frog with red eyes three times bigger than ours and three protuberances on the top of its head. So for better or worse, just mimicking exactly what we had uh, seen in the artist's illustration of the girl's sighting. Right, right, right. I mean, you said it made a noise like a bee. I I thought these things were killed like 20, 30 years ago. Sorry, this is video from when the crash happened. Oh, oh, okay. The documentary where he's telling the story, he's only telling the story now in that documentary, but he claims to have seen a a video that was captured at the time. Got it. This recent documentary, Moment of Contact, has put the case back in the spotlight, but it has been enormously famous, popular, in Brazil, a country that has, we haven't covered that many times, but has an enormous history of UFO interactions uh, on its own right. And this town... Uh, that we're in, it, they've actually constructed, you know, a giant UFO statue and everything to commemorate the events that took place. Whoa! Maybe to me, what is most interesting about this is they allude in the movie and people involved and the whistleblowers allege that not only did it happen, but they, many of them say there are photos and there are videos that exist of these aliens with the chief investigator and director of the movie even claiming that he's heard that these videos are already circulating on Capitol Hill. And that's one of the reasons why we're seeing UFO hearings in Congress in the USA. I mean, I do love this. And it's great to hear that there is evidence out there, allegedly. But, um, you know, you've always got to be a little bit skeptical when you're investigating a story where conveniently, the evidence is always one step away. It's always one step away from the person that you get in contact with. It's like the director of the documentary has talked to witnesses who claim they've met people who know that in Congress, they've heard that there's videos that people have seen. And it's like, okay, well, this is getting really, really far away. What we need is the videos. Right. The .mp4 file. 
exactly airdropped to my iPhone. So it's a little worrying when, uh, yeah, the the person who's kind of pioneering this movement directed the entire uh, the entire movie. Even he hasn't seen any evidence of it taking place. It's true, Rory. I mean, and that is that's actually one of the key uh, criticisms of even all the recent Congress hearings in America, because we've, we've got David Grush, yeah. the, the whistleblower, standing up in front of Congress saying that all this is real and he's talked to many, many active duty, military, CIA, intelligence officers who've seen the UFO evidence. But has David seen it himself? No. Right, exactly. Uh, and if you're going to be the director of a movie like this, you need to have seen the evidence. You need to have seen it. You know, this is the equivalent of being brought in to direct Disney's The Little Mermaid and you've never seen a fish. <laughs> you got to have at least seen a little crab at some point to be the guy directing the movie. Because otherwise, you're making all these claims about fish and crabs. You've never even seen one, brother. This is the strangest analogy, but I will give it to you. <laughs> I've probably scrambled your brain over the last 45 minutes that that was the best analogy you could come up with. I feel like I've been scratched. I think something scratched me at the halfway I point. I feeling so good. I think I got a paper cut. Rory, I do appreciate this is a bit of a wild one. I will say I do think this case has its merits in terms of sure. the amount of witnesses uh, even the um, the station of the witnesses that some of them are in law enforcement that's always good it's not a guy called Chud who lives under a bridge sure uh, and the fact that they kind of had enough to work with here and enough witnesses over a sustained period over 26 years that didn't change their story enough to make this documentary but on the downside maybe a little bit of a lack of, of that physical evidence yeah which you know you need. I, I get it in an alien story, UFO story, if it's just seen flying across the sky. This motherfucker collided with the earth like a comet, and apparently 17 of the little guys went running around town like it was Vice City. We should have got at least a picture or a bit more evidence out there in the world, especially if half the guys involved in hunting them down were just teenagers on the force in this local law enforcement. I agree. It's a problem that we see case to case, like Shag Harbor, just thinking of one off the top of my head. How dare Cases you? Cases that are fantastic and How really engaging and dare you bring up like, Shag Harbor? just are lacking in that physical evidence. Just that last 2%. Unbelievable. You knew that was going to trigger me. <laughs> You're about to get scratched up, motherfucker. Uh, Rory, where is your head at with the case of the Virginia UFO? I mean, I think I just explained it. I need the evidence. God you damn gotta it. You got to show me the proof. <sighs> this isn't the 40s, you know? You can't play the Roswell card. Like, we need to see this thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, it, this is one, uh, I think, often... Uh, cases fall into the camp of, I, you know, I feel a little bit um, funny about. I feel a little bit funny about because I think you can maybe tell where we're going with this conclusion. And I don't feel great about it because I want to respect the people involved. Sure. Many of them. And I want to respect uh, the country and the UFO researchers and the culture because, as I say, uh, you know, as researcher Amy summed it up, uh, you know, to me about this case, if you don't believe this story, uh, you're probably not Brazilian. So it's one I would love to hear more about, right. but I think we're going to have to come down to our conclusions. Uh, it's a no from me this week, unfortunately. So it's going to be a double no on the Damn. case of the Virginia UFO, Brazil's Roswell. Please prove us wrong, everyone. Yeah. I mean, it is very realistic, uh, a story where intelligent life travels the universe to come down to Earth. And uh, we shoot it in the back of the head. <laughs> that is probably what would happen if something like this did did happen in real life. And I will have to say a quick thank you to all the people who've suggested this one over the years. It looks like the suggestions go back to 2019 or before. Thank you for bearing with us. Thanks to Marco Tulio Ramos, Richard Goodwill, Douglas Adriano, Sebastian Nistor, Josana Silva, Lizzie Evans... Eduardo Lewis, Shun Uehara, Marco Vieira, Alexandra Paul, Alan Corrales, and Michael Fontes. Oh my God. And I have to say, these emails were really impassioned with people even doing their own research about it. So hopefully Damn. we've done the story some justice. 
and uh, I'd love to know what you guys think about it. Yeah, I feel like people aren't going to be that happy with my response to all of that. <laughs> Maybe you should have told me how many people requested it before I kind of was so quick with that double no. Who knows? It could prove to be a controversial one. I don't know. You guys will have to let us know at this Paranormal Life Podcast Ooh. at gmail.com. Let us know uh, on YouTube. This episode should be up on the YouTube website. Uh, search This Paranormal Life. Uh, we're trying to get all the episodes up there so you can see us in beautiful high definition. And uh, and very often, Editor Phil is good at throwing in the evidence uh, onto those videos while we're talking about it. So hopefully you can see a bit more behind the scenes of TPL and see the studio. You can also chat in the comments. We've got quite a good community over there checking out those videos. Hell yeah. And of course, you guys know that the other place to come see more is patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life. We've got monthly bonus episodes we've been doing for six years. We've got weekly after parties behind the scenes where if you want to know what went down, all the crazy shit that went down over the last month that we've been on tour, you gotta listen to the after party. We've been doing weekly recaps. Yeah, there's some really great stories. I mean, some recorded in hotel rooms, some recorded backstage hours before performances. Yeah. Uh, it's very, very uh, raw behind the curtain stuff. And it's some of the the, the best anecdotes about uh, making this show. That's where you're going to hear them. If you want to hear what we think about all the cities we visited and how we got on and all the fun we had as a team, that is the place to go check it out. Patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life. At the end of episodes... We like to give a shout out to those on the shout out tier of Patreon. How about we do it right now? Let's do it. Special thank you to Lisa Ellums. People are having nightmares on Ellum Street because Lisa's in their dreams. Yeah, oh she shit, just, what's she, she doing in there? She's ju- just hanging out, not doing anything mean, but it's still kind of weird if she's in the dream every night, even if she's just chilling watching Netflix. Right. Still strange. Yes, I, I know exactly what you mean. Lisa, how have you done it? Please share your secrets. I want to know. Thanks to Sambala. Sambala loves nothing more than dancing to samba music. Ooh. Sambala at the gala. The only problem is, Sam has two left feet. Literally. Oh, wow. Sam is a is a kind of alien, probably from a similar kind of planet to the one we saw earlier. Big red eyes, bumps on the head. Sure. But born with two left feet. Sam, I'm glad you can still dance. That's perseverance of the human slash alien spirit. Thanks to Fade 102. You're listening to Fade 102. This is this galaxy's best drive time show for whenever you're traversing the galaxy. Yeah, I'm not getting a lot from that. What, what galaxy is that from? All right, great. Thank you for the information. (laughs) The only breakfast show spoken in five alien languages. That one was duck. (laughs) Whack, whack. One of the languages is duck, thanks to the duck planet on Andromeda. (laughs) Thanks for the support, Fade 102. Thanks lastly today to Ron Woodall. Ron lives in Tron. The game? Yeah, the kind of cubic polygonal world in which they ride motorbikes. Wow. I mean, hey, there's worse games to inhabit. That's pretty cool. Yeah, not by choice. He deeply misses his family and friends. (laughs) But it's a pretty cool place to be, I suppose. I'm glad the podcast can make it all the way into the Tron world. Thank you, Ron. Thank you, everyone who supported us on Patreon. We will be back with more shoutouts from next week. We will see you on Tuesday, of course, with a brand new Paranormal Tale. Hell yeah. And before then on Patreon with the After Party, which should be sometime around the Irish Podcast Awards, which could be really fun to talk about. Oh yeah. So much going on. Thank you for tuning in. Remember to live fast, investigate, and die young, baby. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.